to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Bodies. This podcast is about living and playing in the great outdoors, especially down this way, in the most southern region of the continental U.S., the Florida Keys. Catch Outdoors is hosted by Spotify. Also brought to you by your favorite podcast network. So kick back and get a taste of my Florida. This week's episode of Catch Outdoors is number 111 titled Paradise Found for no other reason than I like the title. And on the note of titles, I was going to do a more broad, weekly, generic type title, but decided against it. You know, something with an episode number attached. Um, The reason, well, the podcast has over time turned into something like uh, what was once my longtime running radio show. The title just helps kind of focus on what I would ultimately cover, but there's so much more going on in the world of the Florida Keys with fishing and living in paradise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there'll still be a subject title, but the body of that subject may only be 10 minutes or so. So, you know, I mean, hey, it's my podcast. (laughs) I hope you enjoy listening. (laughs) So let's start with a... um, a fishing report. That's what I usually blast off with. So let's start with that first. It's like this. Send all the guests back home and the fishing became the best in a long while and the wind stopped blowing for one day. I'm not kidding you. The last week and a half of guests being in town and stuff, the wind just blew and blew and blew. We did get a little water time. I mentioned that last week on uh, last week's podcast. But we fished in places we don't normally fish, and we just sort of hung out in those areas because that we were hiding. We did catch some fish, though. But anyway, they all go home, and it stops blowing. But only for one day, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it ramped back up. And I think into Thursday, we were having gale force winds so, and Friday of this week. So fun. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. The weather for the past few weeks really stunk for fishing, but was pretty nice for exploring anything but the water. And I'll admit that the window was very, very short, as in one day this last Tuesday. Yeah, like I said, then we had gale force winds. My notes, so so uh, Wednesday gale force, Thursday gale force, fr- part of Friday gale force. Uh, Saturday, yesterday, it still blew. We had overcast skies and rain. Today is Sunday. We were going to go fishing this morning, and it just, and nope, nope, overcast, and uh, out of the north at 10 to 15. So taking a day off again. That's okay. With the time change, everyone's kind of got this funny look, like like whacked out dopey. <laughs> Even the cats. They had no idea what was going on this morning when they weren't being fed at their usual time. So anyway, the wind started to lay down on Monday, and I decided that Tuesday was the day, and it was. I fueled up the boat, charged the batteries, uh, headed out early on Tuesday morning, uh, stopped in upper Blackwater Sound, got on some really nice big kudas, not the the little short 12 to 14s. These were a couple feet long and fun, really fun. Lost a few lures, but it don't matter as long as I was catching and uh, ripping off drag type, type kudas. And decided right then and there it was time to visit a spot that had delivered in the past, but not so much recently. I wound up spending three hours in my fishing hole. People that have been here with me, including my brother and lots of other friends that fished this particular area with lots of success and lots of trials and tribulations. It's kind of a on again, off again. Uh, again, I haven't really spent a year on the water in the boat yet. That'll be, that'll be uh, March. 
So I'm still kind of figuring things out, but now I'm getting a much better handle on what goes on at this hole. This time, like I said, three hours, man. I didn't have to. I just, I just stayed there. I got up there around. Uh, I'm going to say probably eight thirty or so. Yeah, about eight thirty, I guess. Sun was coming up back then. It's seven thirty, so it might have been closer to nine. Uh, artificials. Uh, my usual gulp. Um, mullet in pearl white, and uh, just tossing it up out on the flats. The, up near the bushes just does not work in this spot. Well, every now and then it does. Every now and then you pop a cooter or a snook will come off the edge, but very rarely. Um, but the trout, boy, they like to lay in this place, along with ladyfish and jacks, and that's what I got into. Even got a little lizard fish. <laughs> I guess that's a good sign. Lizard fish are bagging the grass. Uh, <laughs> and also some solid uh, mystery breakoffs. I did, however, see one gigantic bull shark, probably the biggest one I've seen on the flat, come by. Uh, a solid eight foot, easy. Yeah, easy. Scary looking. Yeah. My friends will tell you that, and they'll be surprised at this, that I, you know, I almost always toss something at, at a shark, always, just to see what will happen. And I didn't do that with this one. I, I just, I stopped and watched him. I was like, no, no, I don't, there's no point in losing a $10 lure. And by that time I had tied on some hard bait, so that would not be a good idea. Using soft plastics, losing a soft plastic, that's one thing, but, but not a great big old hard bait. Top order at that. I knew the shark would go after it, but no. Trout were solid and solid in size. Lots of them. A couple dozen. I stopped counting at 12, so I'm just estimating here. Um, I had one at 19 and a half. He went in the box. Yep, the rest of them went back in the water. Most of them were 14, 14 and a half, barely 15s, but they were just nice, fat, round trout. Uh, clean looking, just, you know, just, yeah, I mean, and, and hungry, really hungry, which was great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the bigger one went in the box for dinner for the two of us, and it easily made dinner for two, two nice fillets, uh, light fried in the cast iron skillet. Yum, yum. Covered in lemon. Mm -mm -mm. By the middle of the day, the wind's completely let down. It was beautiful. A positive shot in the arm after just days and days of wind and a shot in the arm for days to come, as a matter of fact. Summer was tough this time around. I'm not going to kid you. It was really tough. I got to finally try out the two new lures I have been, I've had for what, almost a month now. Uh, and I've been talking about on the podcast, I'm going to try these lures. I got these new lures and yeah, yeah right. And I did. I, mean, I finally got to try them out. So, uh, and they both worked extremely well. Again, the fish were biting like crazy. So, <laughs> you know, it's not a real scientific test here, but uh, I would say on any given day, the one in particular, the thumper shrimp would work great. This is a little bitty shrimp. This thing is two inches at best in length and tiny in circumference. It barely covers a hook. When you put it on a jig head, it almost, it, it, it barely covers the hook. And the jig head that's sold with it by Thumper is a, um, a ball style ball style jig head. It's just a round uh, lead ball is all it is. Eighth ounce or quarter ounce. I use the eighth. A little dude goes right to the bottom. So you can basically cast it and immediately just start jigging it, bumping bottom with it. It, it, it worked great. And it swam nice, I'll say that. It went through the water really nice. Um, nice thing about fishing in the Keys, water's kind of clear, very clear actually where I was later in the day. And you can really watch what a lure does. Kind of like back in the days when I was fishing in, in Fort Myers, I would test them in our swimming pool. 
I'd go out back and make a cast into the pool and and see what the action was. Of course, the neighbors thought that was very entertaining. But uh, what is he doing? Uh, but, but anyway, that's how you. I mean, you know, it's good to see how it works. See how fast it sinks. Do some countdowns. See how long it takes to get to the bottom of an eight foot pool. You know, just eight foot deep pool. So, but anyway, it was really good. It's made locally up in Miami. Um, I picked them up at the uh, rod shop down in Alamorada. One of the young men that works in there was selling them for a friend who makes them and designed them up in Miami. So, but it is they they are they are trade named uh, the Thumper Shrimp. You might be able to go on online and look. If not, if you contact the rod shop in um, Alamorada, uh, I'm sure they could probably hook you up with them and at least send you a sample, maybe a picture or something like that, so you can see them. They they worked great. Uh, it's a finesse lure. Um, it's something that you would work slowly across bottom. If I were on the West Coast, it would be an absolute go-to for pompano. I can't even imagine a pompano not eating this thing. Um, and I'm sure Permit will go after it. I can't wait to try it on some of the areas where I've seen them. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And Mangrove Snapper, by the way, went after it. And I caught a, a really decent jack on it. The other one that was in the arsenal was the Nomad Vibe. Great lure. Only issue I had with it was the extremely sharp treble hooks that I have to replace with singles. <laughs> I went ahead and took the pliers and started mashing the barbs down on those things when I was using it the other day. That They had the stickiest hooks on there. I think they're mustads. I believe that's what it said on the package, but I'm not really sure. Um, but it would grab you, grab clothes, skin, whatever they brushed against. So, um, yeah, dangerous. Um, lure small. And so are the hooks. Uh, I love just about everything about this little lure. It really swam in a weird way. I like that kind of a weird wiggle when you were bringing it through the water. Um, it has no lip. This is a lipless bait, and it's hooked at the the, the tie-on is near the, the top, uh, near the head, top of the head. Um, it's really designed to be jigged in deeper water. The, the whole idea behind their series of lures is, is some of them weigh as much as two ounces. They get really, really heavy. The idea is to be able to drop these down on reefs and patch reefs. I have not been able to try that. Thank you, wind. And we'll let you know what happens when I get to that point. But these are good down to about 30 feet is what they were advertised at, the size that I bought. So, But in water, across water, they work great. And the, tr the trout again hit them. Ladyfish, oh my gosh, that's what was scary. With treble hooks and ladyfish, that just... That's two things that I don't think go together real well. If you've ever caught a ladyfish, you know what I'm talking about. When they get to the boat, they go crazy. And the last thing you need is treble hooks flashing all over the place when you're trying to control one. So, But anyway, um, the fish wouldn't leave it alone. I mean, they really wouldn't. They, they really went after it. So there you go. So that was the Nomad Vibe. And the other one was the Thumper Shrimp. Last week, I started a reading pledge. <laughs> I mentioned that. I actually did it the week before that, but I started. I mentioned it on the podcast that I started off uh, doing uh, this, this pledge of reading a book a week. I, I have gotten away from reading. It makes me sad. I like to read. I need to make more time doing it. Part of the thing was uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night in bed at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and pick up the phone. Big mistake. Don't look at the phone. Put it, put it down. There's too much bad news anyway. So I, I re-sparked re my Kindle. I have one of those little Kindle paper whites, which pretty much looks like a little book. And uh, my wife has an affinity for novels, and so she'd already downloaded about a zillion of them in there. So <laughs> I had plenty to pick from. Uh, plus, by the way, I got emails from folks, too. And thank you for all your uh, suggestions. They are definitely in on paper. I have them written down so I can kind of go through and pick out what I'm going to do. 
Um, I started uh, with uh, my James Hall books. I just went back and picked an old old one out. I love the old Thorne books. Uh, his character Thorne is kind of a interesting badass character who happens to tie flies, lives in the keys, and solves mysteries. You know, you know how that goes. And um, so, yes, I'm a little biased because a great deal of it takes place on Blackwater Sound, which is where I live. So now, it, now it really means something. Um, and most of the book is uh, based all around Key Largo. However, like I said, I got lots of recommendations for other stuff. Um, the first one I latched on to was, thanks to Janelle, uh, is a Wayne Stinnett book. Um, spells his last name S-T-I-N-N-E-T-T. That's Wayne Stinnett. His series is called the Caribbean Adventure Series with Jesse McDermott. That's his main character. And each book starts with a word, fallen. So it's fallen this, fallen that, fallen whatever. Kind of like... Um, like McDonald when he was doing colors for all of his books, uh, John D. McDonald, uh, kind of the same idea. Um, very good so far. I'm reading the first one. I'm about 60 pages into it and really like it. So uh, that'll be this week's book for sure. Um, set in the keys, real places, things that I can identify with. A lot of it is set down in the Big Pine area around Big Pot, big, big Coppet, and down in those keys, in the uh, not quite to Key West and not Middle Keys, so lower than Marathon. And he moves around, of course, in the keys. But uh, uh, anyway, main character is a fishing guide. What's not to like? <laughs> there you go. So that's what I'm working on now. But thank you all for all the other recommendations. Plus me, I have them noted. Um, this series that I'm reading, this Jesse McDermott, it looks like he's got seven or eight books in it. So this should carry me for a couple months if my, if my uh, pledge uh, pans out. Uh, what else? Oh, and about that martini shaker <laughs> I mentioned last week from Yeti, I got one. It's fantastic. Not only does it keep the ice for at least two go-rounds, sometimes three, it also has a cap that screws on with like a twist. So no, you're not screwing down like, like the top of a bottle or something, but a twist. So Unlike most shakers, when you shake them, that cap is held on by friction. So you basically keep a thumb or a finger on it when you're shaking so it doesn't pop off and your entire drink goes all over the kitchen. This has got a, a it looks like a standard cap, but you put it on and give it one little twist so it locks it into place. I love that. Um, get one. It's worth it. I made, uh, what did I make last night? Uh, oh, painkillers. <laughs> they were needed. <laughs> hey, it's Saturday night. Come on. Give me a break. Made a lot of progress on the fishing book this week. Thank you, winds. Since they blew again. <laughs> so I was stuck in front of the computer for days. Ah, I got all the pages reformatted, began the final review before sending it to the publisher. Yes, I'm reading my own book in between reading a mystery novel. And my own book's lots of pages this time. It's a couple hundred pages or maybe better. Actually, I think it's bigger than that this time around. The other book, I looked at the other book. The first one was 166 pages. And this one, this one's well past that. But the keys is a lot bigger area to fish. So there's a lot more to talk about. And I'm still filling in spots and pieces as I go, but it's getting there. It's getting there. I don't, I don't have, I have no ETA. I've learned don't do ETAs. Just keep working at it. A follow-up to Jimmy Buffett's new album, Excellent. That's all I got to say. Now, I know I'm a fan, but everybody else is reviewing, and they're saying the same thing. It's excellent. Sad but happy. Kind of all at once. I really love the fact that I bought the vinyl version, 
Um, it sounds so much better on my hi-fi system than the digital downloads in the CD. I cannot tell you the breadth of difference in the fidelity of the vinyl version. Um, I'm really loving the return to vinyl records. Uh, it's funny how things sometimes work out. First, we had vinyl um, when I was a kid. You know, bought little 45s and albums. And then reel-to-reel tape came about, so you could put a whole bunch of songs in a row on a tape, and then 8-track, and then cassette tapes. That way they got in cars at that point, 8-track and CDs, and our cassettes, and then CDs, which also wound up in cars, but when you hit a bump, they skipped. Kind of a, <laughs> whoops, I might have been a step backwards in the case of the car. Uh, and then MP3s, et cetera, and then back to vinyl. The truth of the matter is uh, music is horribly compressed when it's put on CDs and MP3s. Um, it's digital, too. It doesn't have any. It's not melodic. Digital is an on-off switch, basically. It's zeros and ones, and, and they turn on and off. That's what creates sound, and you have the gap in between. And guess what? The human ear can hear that. And that's exactly what's going on in CDs and MP3s. <clears throat> However, WAV files are a little better. The WAV files, those are actually a little bit more... Uh, they're cons- those are considered professional files, so they're a little more melodic than the, the MP3 file is. But still, the vinyl sounded great, noticeably better. So there you go. You 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 hi-fi aficionados that have a turntable, uh, get the vinyl version. You will you will appreciate it. Um, let's talk a little bit about living in paradise. That's what the title was. And again, I'm gonna. The titles now are going to be frivolous, just so you know. I had to keep titles at the top for me to keep track of what in the devil was where and when I talked about it. That's the only way I can do it. I mean, just numbering it doesn't help much for me. So having a little title on there, like, oh, yeah, I talked about that. So that's that's what's going on. And the titles may get weird. Uh, I've, I've been using a lot of the um, random thoughts thing, kind of like that. I just, I just don't want to use that over and over and over again, which I already have. I think I've used it four or five times in the last two and a half years or two years and a smidge, I guess it's been. So, so this one, this one just popped into my head about living in paradise. And it's somewhat strange to be living in a place that most others would also like to live. Um, that's starting. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling that now. Um, especially with the guests that have been here, you, you, you get the look on their face when they see stuff out here and they see the outside, they see the backwater area, they see just the beauty of the keys. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live. Um, the skies are always changing. The sunrises and sunsets are always different. We have an abundance of wildlife and the people are friendly and great places to eat and hang out and just, uh, I love the fact there's lots of music around me here. I, I love listening to music. So it's kind of fun to do that. So living in paradise is, is different and good, <laughs> but it is living on a rock, an island. This one happens to be made of rock. And I've discovered there are quite a few people that just can't do that. They would miss the hustle and bustle of city living. And I've talked to people about this. And they come down and visit for a month at a time, a week or two weeks at a time. They, they kind of, I guess they get to Jones and for palm trees or something. I, uh, tropical life. They see it on TV, of course. All kinds of TV shows. All the way back to like Hawaii Five-0, that kind of stuff. But And Miami Vice. Ooh. Yeah, so they see that and they, and they get it in their heads that this is they, they need to go do that. But then living on a rock would be a totally a different animal. And I have run into people that lasted a year or two and said, I just cannot do that. Not me. <laughs> it does take some sacrifices, however. I'll, I'll, you know, nothing major, but 
um, some some folks just may not like living here full time. That's just the way it is. It's a bit expensive. Yep, two jobs are required, and you have to lower your expectations of home ownership a lot. But I believe that it's well worth the long term payoff to personal sanity. Certainly, my personal sanity. Yes, living in paradise for me is wonderful. Even if you have to work, even if you have to work a lot, even if you have to scrimp and save and do what you have to. I am, I'm retired, but I'm still working. I've got lots of projects that I do. It's a good thing. I get paid for some. I get paid a little for some. <laughs> but I, there's no way in hell I'm, I'm leaving this. I can tell you that right now. Something you discover about living in paradise uh, of the Florida Keys is that just about everyone that's living here is all about the outdoors especially fishing, then boating, and then all else related to being in a place that's winter-free. The, the, the mutual feeling as you run into people, especially here in the neighborhood and, and aroundabouts, I mean, if you sit at a bar, sit in a restaurant, you get to chat with people sitting next to you, you suddenly realize that everybody is of the same ilk here. They're all about outdoors, fishing, hiking, biking, snorkeling, diving. It's all about outside. It's, there's nothing about inside. People don't talk about their houses. Nope. Don't even talk about decorating them. <laughs> you see it on TV. <laughs> Rooms to go as, you know, island furniture. <laughs> Wonderful. That's not what we're about. Some people are just happy to sleep on the floor as long as they're down here. So <laughs> true. My personal thoughts are really kind of a little different. I, I like the feeling of being unattached from the United States. Oh, sure, we got bridges, but you, I mean, but not really, okay? But but it's a feeling. You see stuff on the news. I think that's what really does it for you, which, by the way, you stop watching after a while. You see news now. It's about going out, what's, what's going on in the cities. And, and where I lived in the past, the news in those places usually starts with vehicle accidents, murder, mayhem, some sort of gun violence. Not good. We are pretty much shy of that. We have our, our incidents. But the keys are 100 miles long, and every now and then you get a riffraff person somewhere that's going to get, you know, do something bad. I'm not saying we don't have issues, um, but we just, they're not the same. If somebody does something incredibly dumb down here, all the sheriff has to do is close the road. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. That's true. And then they just wait a bit down by the last bridge, and they get caught. It's even funnier when they try to get away by hiding in the woods. Yeah. Obviously, they have no idea what lurks there. After all, the entire northern end of the string of these islands, all of North Key Largo, <laughs> it's, it's a Crocodile National Wildlife Refuge. <laughs> think, yeah, you would think that they dive into the woods, they can see those little white signs that says, you know, Crocodile Refuge. Yeah, great idea. If they run by boats, seriously, we have helicopters. I mean, come on. You're not going to get that far. Again, back to Miami Vice. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, I, I always, I never seem to forget this when I think about this. Um, when I first started guiding in Fort Myers, uh, there was a bank robbery over on Sanibel. And we were all at the ramp that morning. And uh, there was a little, I think it was a, 
I don't, it wasn't a Barnett bank. I, it was, you know, I think it was, a, it was probably Bank of America by that time. Cause that's after I had left the bank and, uh, or the bank of the island, something like that. It was, it was real close to the bait shack, uh, there on the island. One of the first things and somebody robbed it. They jumped in their cars and they took off down the causeway. And of course they caught him at the other end of the causeway at the, at the coal, at the toll booth, <laughs> you know? Duh. <laughs> Which way are you going to go? Well, you can't go the opposite way. The road ends in Captiva. That's kind of what happens here. It's a lot longer stretch, but it's pretty easy to lock the place down. Anyhow, yes, it's like living on a string of faraway islands. We have limited access to air flights, in or out for that matter. I always find it fascinating that Pan Am actually started their airways in Key West. That, that's, that I find very interesting. That's right. If you didn't know that, Pan Am Airways started in Key West. And the expression in last flight out was from the last flight out. You know, don't stick around the bar too long. You won't catch the plane out to Miami unless you, unless you are at the airport on time. We have a huge lack of big stores. I guess that's okay. You know, Amazon is Amazon's Amazon, man. You can get anything on Amazon. Of course, you're going to have to wait. And the keys, you're not going to get it next day like they promise online. It's going to take three to get it here easily. Well, not always. Sometimes sometimes it, the miracle happens and it does show up next day. But most of the time, it's three days out. Um, but no big stores. We have Publix. We have mom and pop hardware stores. Tackle shops. What more do you need? Sometimes it's hard to grasp how far away we are from the U.S., especially the east part of the U.S. And it's how far we are from U.S. cities in the east, period. It's, you know, I looked it up the other day. Chicago. Chicago to Key West is 1,536 miles as the bird flies. 1,500 miles, a little better than. Key West is roughly 90 miles from Cuba, from Havana. As the bird flies, no, you know, wonder conks don't think too much about what's going on outside the keys. They don't, they don't, it just doesn't register with conks, which is the local, that's the local life. Somebody born, raised, and, and been here all their lives, conks. And heck, Miami, Miami's further away from Key West than Cuba is. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's more miles to get that done. I really think the main reason I'm here is because I can't imagine living anywhere else. I have felt that way for a very long time, since my first visits to the Keys in the late 70s. Now I'm here. I'm kicking myself for not doing it sooner. But hindsight tells me that the time was delayed for a reason, and that makes living here now all the sweeter. All my multiple visits here, all the time I spent here fishing and carrying on through the late 70s all the way up until recently... You know, it's just, it's, I guess it makes it, it makes it super special just to be here now and doing what, doing what I do. The fishing guy that lives across the street from me and I were talking uh, at the neighborhood boat ramp on uh, Tuesday. He's been here a very long time. And uh, I think he told me 30 years. He asked me how I like living here. And I told him I've, I've never, I'd never go back to living on the mainland. And he was not surprised, even though he's seen, Lots of changes, he said, over the, over the years. He'll never leave either. He said he likes the idea of having only one road to travel on. 
I like that. He also likes how friendly everyone has been over the years, and that hasn't changed all that much. And I have to agree from what I've seen for one year, and plus I've seen a lot of, you know, like I said, I've been coming here for a very long time, uh, extensively in the late 90s, from about 95 on, well, actually 93 on, I was here a lot. And um, people have always been very friendly, always seem to get along with each other. I actually noted that when Janelle and I first moved in, uh, we noticed how friendly people were. We got visited by lots of neighbors on the street. That hasn't happened since the early days of moving to Fort Myers. And I really can't come up with any problems with living on an island at this point, so it feels pretty comfortable. It's mostly quiet during the day. I can hear music on the weekends from the crib across the U.S. That's uh, the Caribbean Club across the U.S. from, from our house. The bands there play mostly old rock and you know rock and roll hits and country music. So if I'm in the backyard in the evening barbecue and I can sing along. The moonless nights are pitch black dark and you can see the Milky Way when you leave the neighborhood. Janelle and I have decided to start taking the boat out on Friday nights to see the sunsets. Should be easy now that daylight savings time has ended. I love, I love being on a boat in the dark. I miss those days of leaving the dock early in Fort Myers to go hunt for bait well before the sun came up. It's a thrilling ride across the bay in the dark. It really, especially under starlit skies. Winter is happening all across the upper U.S. and in some cases even farther south. We, on the other hand, are happy the high temperatures are now down in the very low 80s with low 70s at night. Perfect sitting outside at our favorite restaurants and bars. Winter down this way is beautiful. The trees stay green, flowers still bloom, and the air is free of oppressive humidity. It'd be nice if it would stay this way for the entire year. (laughs) You know, I mean, I like warmth. It doesn't bother me when it's 90, but man, the humidity can just be brutal. There's nothing like breathing water. But I'm never going to complain about being warm. The opposite really sucks. I do not want to be cold. I do not like snow, and I do not like ice, unless it's in a drink. Okay, the past couple of weeks, I've been dropping hints about another project I've been working on. Yep, and I told you I couldn't quite tell you about it yet because some stuff is being worked, you know, whatever. And and it's reached, it's reached the point where I'm ready to talk about it. So sit back. This is a long story. <laughs> this will run the podcast a little long today. I can now add singer-songwriter to my bio. Actually, I have long been a musician, going back to my kid days in Clearwater, Florida, when I got my first guitar at the age of 10. That was the beginning of the Beatles days, and every kid wanted to be a Beatle. In the back of my mind, I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen to me, but I loved music, and I wanted to learn to play what I'd been listening to. The guitar opened up a whole new world for me. I played by ear and imitation. I began with old folk songs from Peter, Paul, and Mary, and then early rock. You remember House of the Rising Sun. That was one of the first rock songs I learned to play. Comes to mind, and you know, how how unusual that was. <laughs> there was so much music on the radio at that point. Now we go, oh, I like that. I'm going to learn that one. So I figured out lots of new licks, lots of new leads. At the time, I was taking instruction for playing the bagpipes, too. And in school, I played the saxophone. Those are the only two instruments I ever had any instruction on. 
it didn't take long for me to realize that I had what's called an ear for music, and that led to keyboards, drums, lots of other stringed instruments. Anything that, anything that interested me that I thought I could get away with playing, that's pretty much what I did. So let's move the clock up a lot. Way back. See, I'm going to do this in a weird way. I'm going to move the clock way up. But way back in 1995, I went to Key West to meet up with some like-minded Keys folks for a long weekend party. It was fun by the time I was living in Miami. And it was easy for me to get down to the Keys, and especially Key West. And there I met the love of my life. It was one of those love at first sight sort of things that we both admit happened. You know, destiny. But she sent me home to fix my life. Simple as that. She said I had a lot of loose ends I needed to take care of. So I left to do just that, but figured I'd most likely never see her again. And that's when I wrote the song. I've been writing songs off and on since high school, but this was different. I had most of the words in my head as I drove back in my truck up US-1. I stopped at Papa Joe's. I asked for a sheet of paper and a pen at the bar, and I wrote it all down. When I got back to my apartment in Miami, I grabbed the guitar and I wrote the music. I've often heard other singers talk about this moment. When you have this thing pop into your head, it will not go away and you've got to get it out of your system. I actually thought it was a joke. I thought, yeah, right. You're a professional. That's why it happened. No, it really does happen. You get these things in your brain and and it's just like, it's like magic. Somebody up above is just pointing to you going, you really need to get this on paper. Very long story short, I played it for friends at parties. And all said, nice song. You should record it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Janelle and I got married in 97. So I did get the girl. And the song was played at our wedding by the band we hired. And me as a guest guitarist and singing. It went over really well. As a matter of fact, the band said, get the copyright done. And they'd be interested in playing it out on the road. And then the song just sat. Other things happened, things got in the way, I got busy, you know how it goes. Oh, I played it every now and then at parties in Fort Myers on request. Again, people, oh, that's nice, nice song. But really and truly, it just sat. Until this year. And then something remarkable happened. Janelle went to get her hair done, and while at the beauty shop, girl talk happened. You know, we've all seen Steel Magnolias, right? (laughs) One of my favorite movies. And in that talk, she ran into Natalie, who turned out to be the daughter of Billy Davidson, one of the best musicians in the Keys, and someone that both Janelle and I had been listening to for years down at the Lower Lionel Murata. Originally called Case and Davidson, he and Paul Case pretty much ruled the Lorelei during the hours before and after sunset. Unfortunately, Paul passed away this year, but Billy still continues to play there along with Steve Webb. Well, upon hearing Janelle's story about the song I wrote, yeah, Natalie said she, he really ought to call Billy. He has a studio, and he loves to produce songs for homegrown artists. Okay. So a few weeks after that, I met up with Billy out of all places, the Lorelei. He said, make a simple recording of that song and send it to me. I need to hear it, and then I'll give you a call. Oh, boy, an audition. Great. Man, I was freaked out. I mean, really freaked out. But I passed the audition. Two months later, the song has been produced. 
and final mix down happened a few days ago. The title's Key West Town, and it is a song about love lost and found. Didn't happen easily, though, I'll tell you that. Originally, the song was called Key West Rain. It was simply about love lost. Billy said, you got to fix this, though, now. No one's going to really want to listen to a love song that's lost. You don't want lost love. That's just, that's just not what people like to listen to anymore. You need a happy ending. He made me laugh, and I agreed. <laughs> Never really thought about it that way. After all, I did have a happy ending. So he sent me home with thoughts for the new title and a final verse and ending. Yep, you got it. Homework. And then he said, start practicing singing the song. He meant really singing the song. Okay. And I passed that test too, thank goodness. I can't tell you how nervous that made me. I've been doing some backup singing for a lot of time in a lot of different bands through high school and into college and just, you know, just working. Man, we had a we had a we had a garage band up in Louisville that I loved to play in. I played out a lot of places in Louisville, but I was a background singer. I didn't do much lead. But I passed that test, thank goodness. I played the finished song for Janelle and she cried. So I guess that means it's okay. I'm still in shock, but I have to thank Billy Davidson and the other musicians that made the song come to life. Robbie Spagnoletti, Jake Capazzolo, and Steve Webb. You guys rock. Thank you for providing all your knowledge, instrumentation, drums, bass, and and the mix down and, and sitting in the studio patiently with me while I learned how to do this. The finished song should be out in about a week or so. I'll let you know how you can listen to it. Yeah, I'm excited, and I hope you all like it. I really do. I can't wait to get it out there for everybody to listen to. It's been a long, long journey. Have a wonderful week, and please spend some time outside. Thanks for listening. A heartfelt thank you to all the listeners that have supported my podcast over the last couple of years. If you enjoyed listening, please tell a friend, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. The Facebook page is Catch Outdoors. The website's catchoutdoors.com, where you can find all the previous podcasts and a schedule of what's to come. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy. Enjoy.